Happy September. It's a new month and a new hope for the New York Mets. The wild card is a little bit less of a pipe dream. Conforto's back. And don't worry, ladies. Nimmo. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Now, I don't know if I want to go that far, Dr. Frankenstein, but it is a great feeling uh, here on Mets Rap 360. Uh, there is life to the season. Hello, I'm Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ. And to my left, camera right, for those of you watching on YouTube, Melissa Weinstein, at Melissa Wine. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Now, Melissa, you were here a few weeks ago when I did indeed have a funeral for the Mets season. Mm-hmm. We shot the season into space, and I did hold out hope, and here we are where we have had lightning strike the corpse of the Mets season in the form of the Frankenstein monster. And it's alive. It's got a pulse. It's, there's no, well, there's hope. I was going to say, there's no guarantee of October, but technically there is because, because the season ends like season. October 3rd. Yeah. So, the, but playoff baseball is not guaranteed, but it, it's, it's, it's in reach. Yes. It's realistic. Anyway, uh, happy to have you here. Thank you. And happy to have all of you here. Uh, there is a Mets game going on right now. Uh, the last time that we did the show, when there was a Sunday night game, which was just a couple weeks ago, they were up in San Francisco, and there was a no-hitter by Jeff Samarja until late in the game, but it turned out in the Mets' favor, so let's hope we have good luck again with the uh, Sunday night game. Uh, not with us this weekend, uh, once again, uh, Matt Ritter, he is on assignment, Andrea Fasano also on assignment, but Andrea fans, you'll be glad to know, those watching on YouTube, the cape is here. So uh, her good luck. Oh, I knocked oh, no. over Mr. Matt. That's terrible. Uh, her good luck is here with us. But as I said, with us is Melissa Weinstein. We appreciate you. Uh, you know, always being ready in the bullpen. The bullpen. She's always, you know, kind of keeping loose, doing the stretches. <laughs> you know that thing with the arm that they do. She's always ready. And um, in a moment, we're going to talk about one of the most important to New York, most important parts of New York Mets baseball on television. Gary Cohen, but uh, I understand that you've worn something that ties into this. And for those watching on YouTube, she has a sweatshirt on right now. She would not tell me what shirt she's wearing. Um, And for those watching, you will see my shirt, which is the Mets uh, Hawaiian shirt. Uh, It's got a lot of, uh, it's very loud, very obnoxious. I feel like the only places I'm allowed to wear it are San Diego, Los Angeles for a day game, and maybe Arizona. But I, I don't know. It's, I really only feel like wearing it in San Diego. I wore it once to a Dodger game. But uh, this is a special day. It's Labor Day weekend. People are on vacation. I felt like, let's let's bust out. Oh, by the way, it has baseball buttons. I don't think you noticed That's that. That's so yeah. cool. So, uh, you know, I'm wearing something special. Melissa, you are also wearing something yes. special. So if you want are to you carefully ready? remove the sweatshirt. Are you ready? Keeping in mind we're live on the internet. And yeah, I am. And it just says hashtag Gare. I worked now, really hard on this. Uh, I love that. It's a, did, wait, so you made it yourself? Yes. You did not buy that no. from... I bought a machine. You didn't buy that from Jaron Kiviat's website? No. Oh, okay. I bought a machine that can uh, cut Oh, vinyl. my gosh. I bought the t-shirt, and I uh, 
I'm already thinking of like 10 mildly inappropriate t-shirts I want you to make. Good, Not... because I was going to make you one of something different and then I, it was too difficult so I gave up. Hey, Next time. that's the can-do spirit that we like <laughs> to have here on Mets Rep 360. Now, uh, before we dive into this week, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, but it's since you were here, there was a, a an amazing revelation during the broadcast about your pal Gary Cohen, hashtag Gare. Yes. And we have the photo here, if our friend oh. in the booth, uh, Bonjour Juliette, could put it up for the audience on YouTube. And a lot of people have probably seen it, but we can tweet it out after the show as well. Uh, so, so I actually tried to get... The long hair picture on the onto shirt. the shirt, yeah. Um, but the was resolution it too is so bad that yeah. I couldn't get a proper trace. It was disappointing. I would imagine that that's what would happen. But anyway, to the right, for those of you watching on YouTube, is uh, the Gary Cohen we know and love. And I don't know what was going on. I feel like he was a roadie for the Almond Brothers band or something at that point. But uh, you know, he's been doing Mets baseball for a long time. So I've I've sort of you know even before he was on TV, I knew who he was and I knew what he looked like. That has to be a really long time ago that he had all that hair because he has not had hair. Well, probably not in the lifetime, maybe of yourself, but definitely not with our friend in the booth, Bonjour Juliette, whom I know is 22. (laughs) I don't think he's had hair in her entire lifetime, but that hair, that might not even be in my lifetime. Yeah. And I'm 40. Proud, pretty beautiful proud of it. So uh, anyway, we love Gary. And and that was a great game because I think they won the game and they were having fun. You know, that was one of those uh, one of those blowout games where it's good when it's a blowout game in the Mets favor and they're having fun. When it's a blowout against the Mets and then they're just trying to make the best of it, it's enjoable in a different way. Like the 19-inning game in St. Louis where Keith Ugh. was furious and that he had to asleep. cancel his dinner reg- reservation. Anyway, uh, so we're very excited about all that. But one of the other things we're excited about is, as I alluded to at the top of the show, uh, the Mets are in prime contention for the wild card. Now, there is a lot of work to be done. There's been... A, a great deal has been made about how the Mets have a very light schedule compared to the other teams. But as we do the show tonight, here's where the wild card stands. So uh, the San Francisco Giants have a game and a half lead on the first wild card over the St. Louis Cardinals, who are wild card two at this point. Uh, and what we kind of hope for as Mets fans that a lot of these teams play 500 or even hopefully sub 500 baseball in the next few weeks. Uh, so the Mets are a game and a half back of that second wild card position. Pittsburgh is now at 500. They are three and a half back. Miami just dipped a game under 500 with a uh, late game loss to the Cleveland Indians. So the Marlins are now four games back of the wild card. So, uh, you know, tonight's game is a great opportunity for the Mets to put a little distance between themselves and keep pace with St. Louis, who won. Um, and that's what we need to see is, you know, just consistently. This was a great week. The best record for the Mets during a week of Mets Rap 360 is 4-2. And, and that is what we've had again this week because we cannot count tonight's game, uh, which will give you occasional updates. But, Melissa, please tell the audience why we cannot give play-by-play information on tonight's game. We do not have express written consent for Major League Baseball and the Sterling Mets. We don't. We also don't have it uh, from the Washington Nationals. Or oh, yeah. ESPN, who is the broadcaster tonight, you know. They would definitely be very upset if we were doing play-by-play. True. But uh, we uh, it's uh, the bottom of the first, no score. But at this very moment, there's a couple men on. But, you know, we'll let you know where that goes. Uh, so other things that are exciting, though, September call-ups. Wow. I love September call-ups. 
Um, it usually makes me sad because it means the baseball season's almost over, but hopefully the Mets have a few more weeks in them after we get to October. But uh, Conforto's back. Very excited about that. Kevin Pluecki, I've been very hard on uh, in the course of this show. Um, but as a third catcher, great. Yes, I like sure. the idea of having a third catcher. Uh, and uh, Ty Kelly's back, who I gave uh, Mets... Uh, player of the week a few weeks ago. Uh, Gabriel, you know, uh, no, sure. I don't, you know, who you are, but uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. I just thought of that now. That was, was not good. a joke in there. And I was just like, wait, I don't know. Um, now, don't worry. After the 51 season ends, uh, I think tomorrow. today, or it's tomorrow because yep. it's, yeah. Um, the 51s are not in playoff contention for the Pacific Coast League, which is good because the Mets need those players. Uh, so we're going to see Brandon Nimmo, who is the Pacific Coast League batting champion right now. Number two, TJ Rivera, number three, Gavin Cicchini. So it seems like someone in the Mets farm system is going to be the Pacific Coast League uh, batting title champion. And hopefully we get all of those guys up and some more, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, they're just go with the full 40. You can have 40. Bring them all up. Have everybody, you know, have guys for pinch running duty, you know. That's fine. Somebody who never gets an at-bat and just pinch runs, no problem. Uh, so, uh, Melissa... Are you excited when the September call-ups come up? Do you like to see some familiar faces? Um, usually no. I'm going to be honest. Really? Yeah. So I do like the September call-ups for seeing people that we saw in spring training. I feel right. like this year is a bit of an anomaly because we did lose so many of our starters. And yeah. we've basically been playing with a AAA lineup all year. We started doing September call-ups in May, basically. Yeah, unfortunately. Exactly. So because of that, I feel like this isn't as exciting because... I mean, with the exception of, you know, who we've only seen, I think, twice. Yeah. Um, everyone else we've seen pretty consistently over the last couple of months. Um, yeah, even uh, you know, even after he was initially sent down, Conforto came back up. Exactly. And uh, Nimmo's been on what they call the Vegas shuttle a couple of times. So, um, Cicchini we haven't seen this season, though, have we? No, we haven't. And but I, I do remember him from last year. Right. And yeah. I'm excited to see TJ Rivera back. And, yeah. And, you know, I mean, hopefully we'll see how that goes. Um, but I feel like it'll be nice to have... Kevin Ploiecki back, especially with the Mets luck going into extra inning games and Terry's, you know, well, just your inability to pinch hit for your catcher. You know, it's like to use either Darno as a pinch hitter off the bench or to pinch hit for him. And then, you know, you're only down to one. Having three catchers is a luxury that you really only get in September. Uh, Very few teams do that anymore. They usually opt for the uh, extra arm in the bullpen. Um, so uh, look, I'm excited. There's always the case to be made about September call-ups that during the most important month of the season for the teams that are in contention, you're, uh, basically changing the rules of the game and you can have more players. But the fact that everyone can have more players is great. Uh, you know, last night we saw Dusty Baker, uh, really just kind of ring the chamois, every little last drop out of, uh, extra position players from September call-ups. So look, everybody gets to do it. Um, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these guys. Uh, I, I think that, uh, Conforto has definitely found his swing. It's good to see him back and, uh, succeeding in that center field role so yeah, far anyway, which we need somebody who can play center field and, uh, I I'd love it if it's him. Uh, anyway, so uh, other news, the uh, disabled list, Stephen Matt's still not back, might be back though. It's, uh, it's a very gray area. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Neil Walker will not be back. He uh, opted to have season-ending surgery. Very real chance that we saw his last at-bat in a Mets uniform. I mean, he, he was great. They could re-sign him. I don't know that they need to. You know, yes, Dilson Herrera's not there anymore, but, you know. Speaking of him. Yes. You have something about him? Yeah. Really? Um Wayne Randazzo, who you guys might know from the Mets radio broadcast, 
He does uh, the pregame and sometimes sits in for Josh. Yes. Yeah. So he tweeted earlier today that Dilson Herrera could get a call up this week to face the Mets in Cincinnati. Ooh. And my he might play heart angry. Stopped. Right, because you don't want him to be up there with something to prove. Exactly. Uh, well, we'll talk about that Cincinnati series in a little bit, but that's interesting. See, I didn't even know that uh, Herrera might get called. I guess it makes sense, though. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but there was good DL news. Duda might be back. I had written him off for the year. But but what? What? I don't think I believe that. Why would they say it if it wasn't true? To make their <laughs> training staff look slightly better yeah, than we Yeah, to make sure that nobody loses their yeah. job, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited at the idea that uh, we could uh, we could see uh, Duda. I think it'd be good. I mean, I think that we've gotten way more out of uh, out of James Loney than we expected, mm-hmm. and Wilmer over there at first base on occasion has been great. Um, and by the way, the after one inning, the Mets have a one to nothing lead. Uh, Granderson was out on a sack fly to Jason Worth, and Reyes scored. So one to nothing. There isn't a chance for for more. But you know what? We're going to take one nothing in the bottom of the first. So uh, that's great. We'll keep you posted if there's any more scoring chances. But for now, we're going to go in the wayback machine, take a look at the week in review. What started out as a fantastic week and was still a good week. But uh, it, the the first few days of this week were amazing. And we'll start obviously with Monday when um, uh, Montero had to pitch. Wow. Which I was, you know, we've seen him enough. And I mean, he'd been in the majors this year and he came into that game with like an 11 ERA. I think it was only as a relief pitcher. It wasn't a lot of work, but it was great. And that was a tight game. The whole game Loved to see that Reyes uh, tied the game on a, uh, he scored on a wild pitch collision at the plate, but a legal collision at the plate, which you always wonder with the new rule change as to whether or not you're going to be, you know, ruled safe. Which umpire is going to have an opinion. The umpires have a lot of opinions. But, uh, and then of course, Cespedes with the walk off home run in the 10th. But the highlight of that game. Yes. Was James Ehrenstein, the Mets kid caster for this year. And as I told you, I did not get to see it. So... What happened? Now, the, the Mets Kidcaster, I think most Mets fans would know, uh, who get to watch the SNY broadcast, either if you're in New York or for those of us who watch on the internet, uh, there have been some great ones. Yes. And the first couple years, they all had a home run to call. Yes. And then uh, I think, they only is this only the fourth that they've done, this, this one? Is the, I believe this was the sixth or okay. seventh year. So the last couple have not been as good, you know, just not but in they, terms of the kids, correct. but in terms of what happens in the inning. But they did change it. It used to be, I don't know for how many years, but at least the first three the kid caster would get to pick which players at bat in that inning that he oh, wanted to call. Okay. Um, and he got to call one player in that one at bat. Oh, now okay. it's they get to call for the full inning. Oh, no, I love that. It's That's much great. Better. Yeah. Um, so James Ehrenstein, he is eight years old and oh, he is the God. youngest kid caster in kid caster history. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. He, I can't believe I didn't. You know, he uh, made he very clear that he has intentions of replacing Gary. Wait, your guy? He's going to replace He's Gare? My one and only? Hashtag yes. Gare? Yeah. So you might have to have a hashtag Aronstein show yeah. at some point. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's only eight, so give it like two years, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But he was fantastic and, you know, talked a little bit how he prepped for the game and his, you know, audition process and all that. But I remember the kid last year, he had come with... Uh, Robo, with- Robo umpire. 
Uh, okay, then maybe it's two years ago, but I remember a kid who did it who came with like with notes, you know, like yeah. you know, hey, interesting thing about so and so. He's from here, you know. He had yeah. like all the conversations. That kid was great. I think it was the same kid last okay. year who then started asking Gary what his opinions were on having you know what robotic that, that was. He started a conversation in the booth. Yeah, so that was last year. Uh, anyway, I love the kid caster, and uh, again, I had to listen uh, to uh, Howie and Josh. Also, I was working on uh, Monday night on the Tomorrow <laughs> Show, so I. Really couldn't watch slash listen anyway, but uh, I find time. I knew th- I knew that it was a walk off in the tenth when it happened. So look, that's great. That's that's the way you need to start because when the week started, the Marlins were a game up on the Mets, mm-hmm. and so you win that game, you're tied with the Marlins uh, in the wild card race. That's all you know. They're just in jockeying position. They, there was no actual title to be claimed. So then Tuesday, seven to four, Lugo pitched, and uh, that was a win. These 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 kids who some of whom are kind of old, but uh, you know with Lugo, Gaselman, and Montero, look, knock on whatever this is, they've all been very. This is like plexiglass, I think. They've all been solid. You know, they've been so good, and it's just above and beyond what you could ask for them. And you know, this is pretty far down the pitching depth. You mm-hmm. know, for the Mets, so uh, Lugo pitched well, and in that game, Granderson had two home runs. Cabrera had a home run. Uh, Wilmer and Diaz had hits, and you know Diaz's average is still low. But every hit seems to matter when he does get it, mm-hmm. and he doesn't always come through in a big spot. But when he comes through, it seems that he at least drives in a run, and you know it's great. He was a guy that I thought they should have cut uh, as soon as they got Jay Bruce. Glad nobody listens to me. <laughs> I say a lot of things on this show that are wrong, and that that would be one of them. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think that was a great game. So then. They're a game up on the Marlins. Then we get to Wednesday. Bartolo Colon looked good. What? What? How does he get better every time? The except uh, for sometimes. The yeah, except for one out of every five. It's like there's there's like a you have to throw out like every fourth or fifth start for him. But then there's always like a trajectory for it. Like you know, just the the bigness and sexiness of big sexy just continues to increase. Uh, with each start. So he looked great. Now, he did not get the decision because uh, they had to score later. Correct. Uh, Kelly Johnson. Kelly Johnson with a huge hit. And Kelly Johnson is Andrea, who's usually here, Andrea's favorite. She loves him because she's like, every time I see the guy, he hits a home run. And, you know, so uh, it's kind of true. And, uh, you know, so look, that was great. Uh, A win for Addison Reed, who has been pitching well. You know, there's a little hiccup. It happens to everybody. Uh, But the big news was... There was a record save, number 44 for Jerice Familia, and I can finally let a sigh of relief that Armando Benitez no longer has the Mets save record, single season save record. I think Johnny Franco still has the overall save record. I'd have to look that up. Speaking of other people that were kicking out of the record books, peace out, Aaron Heilman. Reed has officially surpassed him with single season club record for Holds. holds. Well, Are you I don't. Th- uh, no, I'm not upset about that. I was just thinking nobody is ever going to take away his record of blown holds, and especially blown holds in major spots in the playoffs that could send you to the World Series. That's but right. anyway, uh, so there's that. So anyway, very exciting. And you know, I was really down on the Mets a few weeks ago, as uh, viewers of the and listeners of the show know. I sort of jokingly said that you know at that point I think. Uh, I think Familia was at like 40 saves and I'm like, uh, you know, he's got a month. I don't even know if he's going to, if he's going to break that record, but obviously he did. 
And look, so then you're two games up on the Marlins. All right, great. Everything's firing on all cylinders. Thursday, you got you got DeGrom going. He looked all right to start. All right, we've got DeGrom. They were going to skip a whole turn, but instead he just got an extra three days of rest. And uh, usually that's been great for him. Nope. Not sharp. Something's definitely wrong with him. He's going to miss another turn in the uh, rotation, isn't he? Another oh, turn. No. And uh, Anthony DeComo tweeted just before we went live that Terry said in a presser before the game that it is likely he will miss multiple starts. So, so all the starts, the bringing the good news. Man, if Steven Matz comes back, it's going to be okay. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we have the, the three-fifths of the rotation that basically came up right from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to last, though. So, uh, yeah, look, the Mets scored late in that game, but the final was 6-4 to four and they lost. Um, when we did last week's show, I kind of had the feeling that the first game was the one they were going to lose uh, against Jose Fernandez. And I always said, if you know, one loss and winning three, it's going to be great. And that's what they needed to do. So, sure, you wanted to really, you know, kind of step on the throat of the Marlins, uh, who, by the way, at this point have won two, I think, of their last nine games. So they're definitely on a downward trajectory. The Mets have to hope that continues. The Pirates are on a downward trajectory, and they're about to play the Cubs, who there's kind of no stopping. But, you know, let's just hope that's a problem for the Mets in in late October, that they have to face the Cubs in the series. Uh, And so a lot of those... Oh, and the Giants are also on a downward trajectory. Uh, The Cardinals are playing reasonably well. But uh, we'll we'll see how they do uh, during the the next uh, the next month, I guess. Basically, it's like pretty much exactly a month at this point. So uh, we'll see. So the Mets, you know, they uh, did uh, give a, a half game back, and then on Friday, Syndergaard pitched really well. However, he gave up two runs at the beginning of the game, and that was basically it. And they were runs that he should not have given up because uh, the Nats were just running wild on him and. You know, the Mets have done a lot to control the running game lately. But Syndergaard, I feel like it's still really difficult for him to keep runners on. And I'm going to assume, and I'll ask Melissa what you think on this, I feel like what they realize is it throws him out of his routine too much to really pay too much attention to the base runners. So they just let it go. Uh, because if he really starts focusing on them and throwing over a lot, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess up what he does you know, throwing to home plate. Do you think that that's the case? Absolutely. And I don't remember if it was on the radio or TV or whatever, but one of the broadcasters discussed earlier this year that Syndergaard really needs to work on his, um, you know, his windup or lack thereof with runners on base because he was, it was the same amount of time between, uh, sorry, his windup was the same length, whether there were runners on or, or not. Right. And I think he's, I mean, he's so good. The likelihood of a runner being on, is slim for him compared to how they are for other people. But the negative side of that is that he's not getting enough experience in learning to speed up his, his pitches with runners on and being able to, you know, look him back to first base or throw them out when they're trying to steal second and third Trey Turner. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But you know what? It's a learning process. I think you'll get there, but for now it's just, it's, it's frustrating to watch. It is. It's very frustrating to watch because you feel like, and, you know, honestly, I mean, he uh, he doesn't throw to Darno usually. Usually, I mean, I actually can't think of the last time. It's been a while, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, so it's it's always... It, his name's Rivera, right? 
Yeah, but that's totally what had I, a brain that's fart. What I'm checking. Yeah, but anyway, so he usually yeah. throws to Rivera, who is much better at keeping base runners on, and they were the the stolen base attempts were closer, but still successful uh, than if they had been for Darno. So, uh, so Rivera catching Syndergaard is definitely something that helps that equation, but uh, it, it was not successful, so they lost that game. Uh, you know, those two, that was two games in a row where you felt like they could have won, but, uh, they didn't. And then you, you, again, you just always have to turn the page. And then Saturday, you know, uh, was a, uh, a great matchup and, uh, they won three to one. Gaselman over Tanner Roark. Who knew? I mean, Nobody he's did. had three appearances now, two starts. Or yeah, he's had a few. He's had two starts. Two starts, and then the one game. The one game came in, in the he first essentially came in to start. Yeah, in San Francisco. Hurt, yeah. So he had two starts and one appearance, and uh, he has been great. You know, and uh, again, above and beyond the expectations for a guy like Kasselman. Uh Now there were some great things in that game, and uh, I wanted you to talk to our listeners about some our listeners and viewers because we have both uh, mm-hmm. both on iTunes and on YouTube uh and talk about uh Josh Smoker how he was unable to contain his excitement at a couple moments during the game he and Brandon Nimmo are so similar and so different they're both overcome with emotion they can't yes. hide it during the game but Brandon is just sheer joy or nothing there's never anger it's a oh, well it's get him next time and Josh is like I'm going to rip the walls down because <laughs> I did it. I struck out Bryce Harper. Yeah. And you know what? I don't blame him. Coming from the team that drafted him and then traded him away, I would be excited too to strike out their number one player. I don't know <laughs> she if She used I, air quotes Yeah, there. I'm not super uh, convinced of that. Well, he's not their uh, number one player this year. Uh, that would uh, be Dan- Daniel Murphy. Who, knock on plexiglass, has looked mortal in these first two games. So I think that instead of doing what I said they should do, which is knock him down, uh, they've probably you know figured out a, a little better approach to him. And you know you're definitely going to uh, incite a riot from uh, the Nats bench if you knock him down. So how about you just get him out? And yeah. so far that's happened. I don't want that to look prophetic at the end of tonight, but uh, for right now, uh, that's how it's looked. Uh, so uh, before we kind of move on, are there any, uh, you know, you, uh, Melissa always has some great facts. She takes copious color coded notes, which she has right there in front of her. Uh, there anything that you want to get back to so, something from earlier in the week? I did kind of breeze through the week, but, uh, yeah, I do want to talk about, uh, two challenges, one that happened and one that should have happened. First of all, let's go back to Thursday when, uh, Terry challenged Darno safe at first while well, they called him out. Finally. Terry challenges a call yeah. in the ninth. Right. Because when you have a challenge in the ninth, you use it. You don't get to take it home. No. And keep it in your pocket. Yeah. And yes, we still lost the game. But. But right after that, Cabrera hit a two-run home run, which would have been a solo home run, yeah. had Darno not been on base. So thanks, Terry, for doing what we all wanted you to do forever. Yeah. So, you know, maybe now he has the experience and, uh, oh, maybe I'll try that in the ninth. Yeah. Well, you know? speaking of the one that he didn't challenge was yes, yesterday. Please. Um, so in which the, is a game that they won. Yes. So in hindsight, so it's it less significant, but in the moment, well, there's two things that really bothered me about it. One, okay, in the third inning, Jose Reyes was advancing, I believe, first to third, and he collided with Espinoza yes. in the base path, and Jose was signaling for obstruction immediately, and they awarded him third base, which he was five feet from to begin with. Right. First of all, 
Okay, so they awarded it. They said it was obstruction. He got get third, not home. Fine. One, why didn't Terry challenge? Because it is a challengeable call. Right. And again, it's up to the umpire under their discretion, the guys in Chelsea. So, hey, just throw a coin up in the air. Figure out who's in the booth. That so there's, way. it's true. There's a chance that it could yes. have gone their way. Yeah. And the other thing that really bothers me is, Jose, I get that you're calling for obstruction, but chill out. Don't you think that if you kept running without throwing your arms up in the air and asking for a call immediately, that maybe you would have turned third already and maybe the obstruction call still would have been made and you would have been awarded home? You know, it's a good time to mention Sitting right in front of me is indeed the bottle of Cabareus, and Reyes has played very well this week. But, uh, you know, a moment like that means that it stays unopened for another week. And Andrea would kill me if we drank it without her yeah. being here. So we're going to have a wine and cheese party at some oh, point. But you know that's going to be like a toss-up, because if we're opening it, it means Jose did something great. But if there's cheese here, it means there was a terrible week for the The mess. cheese will have to be here just to celebrate, yeah, though. Yeah, you because know? it'll be like yeah. a stress-eating thing. <laughs> it's exactly what it'll be. Uh, and by the way, uh, in uh, in New York, they are in the bottom of the second. It is tied 1-1, uh, and uh, we will uh, keep you posted as that game advances. Uh, the Mets do have a man on, no outs in the bottom of the second. But it was a Danny Espinosa solo home run off Seth Lugo, which when you see that early in the game, all you can say is, hey, at least it was a solo home run. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, keep your pitches down there, Lugo. Uh, all right. So tonight, speaking of tonight, pitching for the Nats is Reynaldo Lopez. Who? Exactly. But here's the thing. Do you know who he's not? Max Scherzer who was supposed to pitch tonight. And we all know how Max Scherzer pitches against the Mets. I seem to remember a no-hitter. There was a no-hitter at the end of the season where it sort of didn't matter, but it was when I still wanted them to try and get home field advantage, which they didn't really want. And it turns out it didn't matter through the NL playoffs when you know they weren't going to have home field advantage in the World Series anyway. So I guess it wasn't as big a deal. But in the moment, I was like, well, that sucked that they just got no-hit. Um, and Max Scherzer, by the way, did not always pitch well against the Mets. In fact, early last September did not pitch well against them. And part of, uh, part of the massive uh, meltdown of the Nats, which does not seem to be happening this year, at least but not to the Mets. we can still hope. We can still hope because, you know, the Mets are only nine, nine and, a and a half, half games half. back. So, you know, do so the math. you're saying there's a shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying there's a shot. Uh, but anyway, look, the point is it's Reynaldo Lopez against Max Scherzer. And, no. you know, uh, instead of, yeah. you're right, it's against Seth But Lugo. I would watch that. That'd be interesting, actually, if they would do that. Um, My money would be on Scherzer. Uh, But no, against Lugo, but it's Reynaldo Lopez. And um, sometimes that kind of late-minute change, last-minute change for the Mets uh, doesn't go their way. And, uh, you know, somebody throws a no-hitter on them. But look, they've already got a run on the board. Well, as it did Wednesday against Miami with Esch. Getting his major league debut. Ash. Ash. Yeah. I want to call him Ash. Well, I, I kept well, Ash. I kept just referring to him as MC Escher because I couldn't oh. remember what his name was. And I'm he not did, funny. He you kind of pitched. So he sort of pitched that way, you know, where like his pitches sort of went down a staircase that never ended. So, you know, he was very hittable is what I'm saying about MC Escher. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. At, uh, they won that game. We can have hope for this game. More hope than we would against Scherzer. And here's the annoying thing. We talked a little bit about this last week. So they have tonight's ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. And that's great. They're on the big stage. It's kind of a game that doesn't really matter for either team in the sense of it's not like last year, you know, sort of at this time putting this game on Sunday night. And by putting it on Sunday night gives the Mets only a few hours 
to be on the field tomorrow morning. They will be on the field in the morning getting ready, doing their stretches for a 1 p.m. game in Cincinnati. Uh, what were you saying that you read? Was it Anthony DeComo yeah, tweeted? Yeah, DeComo tweeted that best case scenario, the Mets get into Cincinnati, sorry, into the hotel room in Cincinnati yeah. at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. So, you know, maybe you sleep six hours. Now, starting tomorrow is Bartolo Colon. Nobody better to be starting that game, you know, on a quick turnaround. If it was any other pitcher, you feel pretty confident they would have sent him on ahead, let him relax, maybe start a new family. You know, he'd oh just hang God. out and he'd be relaxed and ready to go. But, you know, Cologne's like, you know, I'm not even going to sleep tonight anyway, so don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Uh, so we'll see. Although that's, you know, that's that's one of those ballparks. It's going to be in the afternoon. I don't know what the humidity is going to be there. I'm just going to guess it's going to be somewhere right around 1,000%. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. That's rough for the Mets. And I feel like it's a game that, you know, they're going to have to run out some of the, you know, the irregulars, as they say. Yeah, well, I mean. And they're going to, I think, that, oh, no, no, tomorrow they won't have more of their September college no, just yet. No, it won't be Tuesday. So, you know, maybe a lot of those guys will start on, on Tuesday. But anyway, what were you going to say, Melissa? I think it'll be nice. I mean, Jay Bruce going back to Cincinnati. Yeah. And, I mean, I think I read something. Somebody's going to correct me. But that he has the most, he has hit the most home runs ever at Great American Ballpark. I think that's true. And look, he's he's definitely been pressing while he's been with the Mets. He's looked better the last few games. You yeah. Know? He's had home run. He's had a couple of hits. Uh, I think hitting in that ballpark against pitchers that he's very familiar with, to be honest, mm-hmm. is uh, I probably going to be, as they say, home cooking. Uh, and it'll probably treat him well. And I, I like to think he'll have a good three-game series there, and then hopefully he can carry that on through the uh, on through the rest of the season. And, you know, if he doesn't, Terry has said that uh, whoever's hitting is going to play. If Jay Bruce doesn't hit, I hope he doesn't play. Yeah. Because I don't care how much money he's making. I don't care who you traded they away for him. They get paid whether they hit right. or not. So exactly. So sit him on the bench. So just sit him on the bench. It's fine. And Try and win some games. Exactly. You know? And even with Bruce playing back in Cincinnati – I mean, terrible news for the Reds today, but Billy Hamilton left yeah, the game with a strained left oblique, which is uh, terrible for him and the and the Reds, but great news for the Mets. You know, it's you, you, you didn't cheer for it to happen, no. but when it did happen, you're a little relieved because uh, Billy had, Hamilton could score, th- uh, could sorry, could steal three bases in the course of uh, one at bat. Or, yeah. You know, one one pitch, one pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, he's that, a Met killer. that Bugs Bunny pitch that uh, he struck out three batters on. Uh, he could uh, Billy Hamilton could steal three bases. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it'll be interesting that series uh, that we will have there. Uh, so it's a day game tomorrow, and then a Tuesday night game, and then we have another day game on Wednesday. So for those of us on the West Coast, a nine thirty five a.m. start, which is. Good for me because Felix will be in daycare at that point. Uh, Tuesday is going to be Montero. Wednesday is going to be Syndergaard, who does pitch very well during the day. But, man, 1235 in Cincinnati in early September, which is definitely still summer. Yeah. Uh, let's see how he can keep the ball down. I don't know who the uh, these Reds pitchers are. Like, that game is D. Sclafonte, maybe. And uh, Finnegan, don't know him. Oh, Brandon Finnegan, yeah. Um, he uh, got called up, oh shoot, I want to say with the Cardinals, and he was the guy that had just pitched in the College World Series a few Oh, weeks okay, before. I do actually remember the yeah, name, yeah. 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 Um, great. And we have, uh, yeah, so we have a, the update from uh, New York is that it is still 1-1. One, one. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of the week ahead. You know, we have those three games 
in Cincinnati. And then we have three games in Atlanta. So we'll see how those go. But those are games that the Mets should win most of them. Wouldn't you agree, Melissa? I think they can easily go two for three, but, you know, I'll be optimistic here and ask for a sweep. Uh, You mean a six-game sweep? Oh, yeah, that's definitely what I meant. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think that would be great. It wouldn't You know, hurt. like to win the whole week, including tonight, by the way. That'd oh. be seven. That's uh, that's that's what we need, I would say. Uh, but uh, they should be able to win the majority of those games. Uh, and then, you know, tonight they've scored a run. It's tied. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so, as we look back at the week, Melissa. I'm ready. Actually, before we get to Player of the Week, I want Melissa to show something off. Oh. Uh, so we'll use Melissa's camera over here. We want her to show this Mets coloring book, um, which is great. And tell us a little bit about it and when it's from. Um, this is a 1965 Mets coloring book. I'm not sure how well you can see it, but I will definitely uh, tweet some pictures out after the show at Melissa Wine on Twitter. Um, but I am very obsessed with coloring books. And I found this on eBay, and I bought it, and I'm never going to color in it, despite how much I love coloring books. No, no, you can't. Um, yeah, yeah. This is, it's just beautiful. Um, and it's, it's the first page is Mr. Met with his cap on his chest during the National Anthem. And yeah, it says, and it's, oh, Shay, can you see? Love that. But Mr. Met with his hat off is a little looks jarring Looks like Gary Cohen. Me. Yeah. <laughs> it does look like Gary Cohen. Uh, current Gary Cohen. Yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, love that. And yeah, Melissa will send some pictures of that or she'll tweet some pictures at Melissa Wine. So, uh, as we get to uh, player of the week, I do want to give huge credit to Rafael Montero. He's part of that three headed rookie beast with Kesselman and Lugo. But I got to give it to Grant Anderson, who has just looked really good at the plate. He's had some success at the plate. Got a hit with runners in scoring position, which, which we mess. kept hearing about how he hadn't done all year. And he really hadn't done in a long time with two outs. So, uh, you know, this is like, hey, buck up, Grandy. Things are looking better. I feel good about you. Grandy, you're my guy this week. Melissa, who's yours? I'm going to hop on the Grandy bandwagon. Yeah, the Grandy Ab- the grand wagon. Oh, man. Yes. Just Why thought of I that now. Why think of that? Uh, I'm going to have a little sip. <laughs> That was brilliant. Yes, absolutely, Curtis Granderson. Um, he had five of – where did I write all these notes? He had five of the Mets' 22 runs over the last six games. Um, wow. And five RBIs. And he was hitting 278, um, which was not the the best of all of them. Uh, Cespedes was hitting 285. But you know what? Cespedes needs to back off. It's not his turn every week. No, he can't every week. But he has looked good, and that's important. Uh, so look, it's a grandy week. It's a grand week. Stop! What? I just can't help it now. Uh, but anyway, and it's been a it's been a grand Mets Rap 360 with our friend Melissa Wine at Melissa Wine. Her name's actually Melissa Weinstein, but she's at Melissa Wine. Now I understand you'll be back here in two weeks yes. with us. Hopefully, you'll be here with uh, Andrea and Matt. But uh, Andrea, Matt, and I will be here next week. And uh, don't forget to follow the show at ABTV Mets and uh, like us on iTunes. And uh, rate us, comment, you know, all the good stuff that uh, gets the show in a better position for when people are searching for Mets podcasts, of which there are many, but none as delightful as ours. So thanks to everybody. Thanks again to Melissa. I'm Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ. And as I said, at ABTV Mets, that's us. We'll see you next week for Mets Rock 360.
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.